0: Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. We serve a great God who is, um, and, and, and who, is, who is light, who is love, and who is life. And this is where we, we begin our message. We're, we're talking out of the book of 1 John in the last few weeks. But the last, last time we spoke, we talked about God is light. And this time we're talking that God is love. And we're going to begin from the book of 1 John or the letter of, of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7, if you want to open your Bibles. And I want to suggest to you this morning that the whole, um, the whole Concept of what we're talking about. The whole principle of love is seen in that very first word of, of verse seven. And, and the word is beloved. And he goes and unpacks it for us, but, uh, but that it's all in that first word. Who we are, the unity of who we are, the, the direction of where we're going, why we gather everything sits and rests in that first word, beloved. You see, when John said, says the word beloved, You've got to ask yourself, who is he talking to? When he says "beloved," is he just talking to the whole world? You know, think about who he's talking to. And you know, we need to do a little bit of a you know we need to do a bit of a word study on on you know the different versions of love to dig deeper. We know all the you know we've heard the messages on phileo and agape and eros and all those different words. And this you know in this instance, he's using uh, from the root word agape. But when he says, I think the I think the word word is agapetos, which is beloved. And the amazing thing here is this type of love that he talks about, it's found nowhere in humanity. It's found nowhere, you know, out of the you 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 cannot initiate this out of your thoughts. You cannot initiate this type of love, you know, out of your um, you know, out of your experience. You can only respond with this type of love out of your relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's found nowhere outside of it being revealed by God through you because of your relationship with Him. And we see it in many areas, especially in the, in the King James. We see it uh, presented in the Scriptures as this word charity, which is this benevolent love. But it's, it's more than what we see as benevolent love. It's, it's something that, that has an eternal uh, intention behind it. And even our benevol- the, the way that we love people is, is, a, is almost a sympathetic love. When we, see it, we, we, we empathise or we sympathise with someone's plight and we give something to them. But the, the love of God is so much broader, so much deeper. And sometimes the benevolent love of God means that he holds himself back from us for a moment. So that we, we gain a realisation of who he is in our life. You've ever, you know, sometimes we take it for granted. We're, you know, we're chatting to, to, um, to some people about marriage this week and we're talking about, at the end of the day, marriage. You know, this, this place where it begins with you put your best clothes on and you, use, you reserve your best language and you go out for dinner and you, you, know, you, you present the very best version of yourself. And then at some point, it's the place where we wear our worst clothes. And we give the leftovers of our personality and our efforts, you know. And and for some reason, uh, we become, uh, you know, complacent of these relationships that we have. But who knows, God is never complacent. And we see in His love, you know, not what the person who, who He's loving desires, but we see what the one who loves them. What God who loves them, gives them and knows because He knows what they require. We see it in John 3, 3.16. This is my version. For God so loved the world that He gave not what man wanted, but what man needed, as God perceived His need. Namely, His Son, who brought forgiveness. So here we are, church. We've been asked to live. He, he's calling us beloved. You are here because God first loved you. You are here because you received that love. You are here because at some point God said, uh, I need to reestablish a doorway for the people of this world to be able to engage in relationship with me. And we see, you know, we see this task flows on through, to, through, to, through us in John 13, 35. We see, he says this, By, all we'll, all, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not tolerance, not permission, but God's love. And that looks like God's grace. It looks like his truth. It looks like faith. it Looks like hope. The love of God doesn't, isn't portrayed like, like a, a friendship love. It's portrayed you know, with, with an eternal intention. My love is that you would walk into eternal life. You know, my love for you is that you would know the truth. And the truth would set you free. You know, we take communion each Sunday in this place. And in our communion, in, in the words that we say around communion, we say these statements. And here, here, here's, here's some of them. That we are made one in Christ and one with each other. That we are brothers and sisters through His blood. That we have died together, that we will rise together, and that we will live together. So when I say to you today, beloved, understand why we're here understand why we get to hear that word sometimes we get you know within the midst of you know of the gathering uh, we find other reasons to to gather but don't ever forget the foundational reason is that he first loved us and that we responded to that love with a yes and that when, when he called us to participate and serve in a community, we responded with a yes. So when he says, beloved, the whole teaching is wrapped up in this word. You know who you are. You know why you're here. You know the one thing that, you, that unites us. And you know the one thing that is going to display his love to the world better than any concert, better than any carols, better than any message is simply our love for one another. Isn't it amazing that one word, the the word is life. It's dripping with eternal wisdom and grace. And when he says beloved, we can close the book and go home and say that's enough. But we're not going to. Today, beloved, I remind you that we're part of a beloved that stretches back to Christ himself goes back for thousands, two thousands of years. The foundation of our unity and our hope is the love of God. Now, even though we have failed to, uh, to live out the, the, the perfection of that love for thousands of years, this is the redemptive God that we serve. He's still saying, do you know when, John, when, when the Apostle John said that word beloved back then? It still rings true now. And they were failing then and you're failing at it now. But the beauty of the redemptive story of God is every day is a new day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. His mercies are new every morning. So beloved, today is a new day for you to display the greatness of God to those around you. So how does it go after that? It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. You know, we 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 see the reflection of his early gospel where, you know, where he quotes Jesus and says, By this all will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. You know one of the great you know, we see it in our evangelism, don't we? We see the tension of heaven and earth in our evangelism. I I, I love chatting to evangelists uh, from time to time, and 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 you see the frustration come through. That you know that you, you know that that there's a battle between a broken heart for the loss and the frustration with the inactivity of every other believer. Sometimes we, you know, we get we we. we, we we get caught in the complacency of what people aren't doing. The worship leaders here leading the church in worship, and, and there's you know there's people there who are just you know flicking through their through their um, Insti feed on on their phone, and they and they get frustrated with with where people are at, you know, or the, or you know you're preaching away, and there's you know there's I can see three people sleeping right now, and I'm going to call your names out. <laughs> so we can allow. Our natural view to disrupt an eternal principle. And I want to encourage you this morning that, uh, you know, that that tension is not going away. So we've got to get good at it. We're going to feel frustration. But know this, frustration is not one of the fruit of the Spirit. Doesn't mean you're not going to have it, but it does mean that when you feel it, when you experience it, you can actually put it in its place. Or repent when you don't. You see, when we allow our our physical eyes to dominate our our love for people, we actually cause a disconnect. It's such a you know that's such a timely word from from Robin this morning on unity because unity is not, you know, disunity is not something that is intentional, I believe, in anybody. It's something that happens, you know, as we get caught, you know, we, we, as we get caught in the, in the earthly frustrations, in the physical frustrations of life. Most of the time in life we're looking for agreement or permission from those around us to do what we deem is important. I think this is important. I think we should do that. Um, and, and we want someone to agree with us or we want someone to, um, to give us permission so that, we can, so that we can get on a journey. But when the readers you know, of this letter read the word, when they read the word love, they weren't deciding which love it was talking about. They knew exactly what it was because, you, because that, that, that word in their language embraced what the apostle was saying. And they were immediately aware. That this type of love is rooted, it's grounded and it's only available through relationship with the Heavenly Father. You know when a parent says to a child, I'm disciplining you because I love you. Or the the great famous one, this is hurting me more than it's hurting (laughs) you. You know, and it's in that moment that the face of ridicule appears on the child's face and and they and here's the battle is the parent is saying an eternal truth and a physical lie and this is the tension between heaven and earth isn't it When we say so, when a parent says that, you know, you get the eye roll from the children, and they make, you know, they make an eternal uh, statement in a physical situation, and we constantly get caught in this space of frustration. The child is frustrated, and they say, "Are you seriously saying that to me right now?" You know, and 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 there's a truth coming from the child in their reaction, and there's a truth coming from the parent in their intention. The child cannot see beyond the physical moment. It hurts me more than it hurts you is an eternal truth, but not a physical truth. When we disagree with the Scriptures, when we read the Scriptures and we disagree with them, we're disagreeing with them because our heart, we're trying to read them from a physical perspective, trying to solve a physical problem. And God did not come, you know, John 3.16, He did not come so that we could have a great physical life. He came so that we could have what? Eternal life. And we get caught in the tension. We get caught trying to solve the world and God's trying to solve eternal life. We get caught trying to fix our physical need and God's trying to establish, re-establish and reconnect relationship with the eternal God. I want to encourage you to look beyond the Scriptures to solve the physical and allow them to transform the eternal relationship that will bring life to all situations. We go on in, in 1 John and we say... And it says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, I guess, you know, I'm trying to unpack this. And I, I look at it from uh, the, a perspective of, say, dual citizenship. Now, I was born in Australia. But I was also born to an Italian mother. And I have had to explore my Italian side. Because it is in my blood, but not in the culture that I live in every day. Does that make sense? I've had to explore my Italian side because it's in—it's half of my blood. Beats the blood of a Roman, and you know, and the and but, but the culture that I lives in uh, that I lives in is a uh, is a bogan Australian, as you can tell. That was my point, and I did it well. (laughs) You see, I go out of my way to connect to the culture of my blood. Now, Noosa has, you know, 100 restaurants, and 11 of them are Italian. And I've been to every one of those 11 multiple times. I can tell you where to get the best takeaway spaghetti bolognese. I can tell you where to get the best sit-in spaghetti bolognese. I can tell you where they deconstruct the tiramisu to the point where it's no longer Italian anymore. It's some weird piece of art that no one should ever eat. They've disrespected, they've disrespected the the the, the blood of the Italians by cr- building a deconstructed tiramisu around the culture of high-class Australians. It's embarrassing. See, to be born of God does not automatically enable you to love as God loves. We must explore the heritage of God that we access through the blood of Jesus, through the adoption of Jesus. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That seems like quite a strong statement. I want to tell you this morning, this is not a statement about your salvation. This is a statement about about how deeply you know God. It's about your awareness of who God is and how He lives in the culture of heaven. You see, most of the time, hurt and frustration leads us away from this benevolent love. You know, when someone hurts you, when someone rejects you, what do you want to do in that space? And then think about what happened to Jesus and then what he did in that space. It's a very different scenario that's presented to us, isn't it? You see, hurt and frustration are a fruit of the physical, not a fruit of the spirit. But they're real. So how do you how do you experience a fruit of the physical and respond with the fruit of the spirit? And this is what the, the apostle's speaking to us about. He's talking about you know when we don't love, as in when we don't um, display the you know the the culture of heaven in the direction of people. Uh, it, what it means is we haven't embraced God at a level at a depth that when um, you know when we're cut. When we're exposed, um, his, culture, his blood flows out of us, not our earthly. Now John's saying, whilst we're inspired by the human condition, by the human emotions, we are blinded and become unaware of you know, God's eternal will and His love. It's a deep and difficult truth because it requires us To explore a culture that we don't live in. It requires us to learn a language that we don't understand. You see, for me to truly embrace my Italian side, I will need to learn the language a whole lot better. The swear words that I learned as a teenager are not enough to get me through. Because once I know the language of Italy, I can participate in its culture at a whole nother level. Does that make sense? John's saying that love is the language and identity of God. And if you don't love, then even though you may be related to God, you don't know Him that well. You don't speak His language. Verse 9 says this, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here's the deal, church. You cannot think your way to displaying the love of God. You cannot research your way to displaying the love of God. You can only live it through connection with Jesus. You can only live it through realising that one Word that comes from the mouth of God is full of life. One, when, the, when the Bible says, beloved, don't look for the answer after that. Look in the midst of the beauty and the depth and the life of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What does Jesus say in the desert when he's responded to his starvation? He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Beloved is one word and it's enough for a very long season, church. We consider the words of Jesus, we pray, we gather with others, and then in those things, amazingly our intentions begin to shift. You know, it's like Ben this morning, you know, when we were praying for him, you know, in the natural I thought I'm gonna miss those sweet, sweet tones of his voice. And then in, right there in the minute, I, I saw a picture of what he brought to this church. And he brought to this church not his gifts and his talents. You know, that might have, you know, might have positioned him somewhere, you know, but what he brought to this church was the love of God. You chat to every person who's had one minute you know, of with with this guy, and you realize that the love of God just oozes from him. You know, Kristen did a, a an interview with with Ben. You can see it. You know, you can see it uh, up on our podcast. Um, God in us, and it's such a magnificent. You know, you, you're gonna wish he was back so you could go and just spend some time with him. But uh, he, this is it, church. This is the love of God. We are the beloved. And, we, and God is inviting us through his apostle John to live out of that love. We cannot initiate the love of God out of our thoughts. We can only receive the love of God and live out of it. First, you must receive his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy and his hope and his confidence. A lot of times our frustration and our problem with other people is because we haven't even received God's forgiveness for ourselves. We are, we, you know, who's the greatest judge of you? Probably you. Who's the greatest person who, you know, who, who, who brings guilt to your life? It's you. Who's the, you know, and, and the reality is God's saying, freely receive my love. Freely receive it. Because you cannot give it unless you've received it, church. So when he says the word beloved, don't even think about anything else beyond that until you embraced your identity as part of the beloved. Verse 10, And this is love, not that we loved God, here's the proof, but that He loved us, sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. Then, church, you'll begin to be eternally inspired in your relationships. Imagine if our relationships were all eternally inspired and not physically inspired, not emotionally inspired, but they were eternally inspired. What does this eternal inspiration look like? It looks like the fruit of the spirit. Little Sienna four-year-old comes over to me yesterday and says, Dad, I want to tell you a secret. And she, she, I lean over and she puts her mouth around my ear and she says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And I thought, oh my gosh. She's got the words. She just hasn't got the actions yet, that's all. <laughs> isn't it beautiful to see, you know? And obviously she's just memorising something at the moment, but um, it's so cool, isn't it? The love of God is, is the culture of heaven. And I want, I want to, 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 you know, for you to embrace today that when you receive, you know, about to take communion, when you receive the blood of Jesus, when you, when you were cleansed with that, now there's a whole new culture to go and explore. You know, and, the, and that culture is visible. How do you know when you've experienced the culture of heaven? Because it flows through you. What does it look like when it flows through you? You know, it looks like love. It looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. Not just when you, not just when you're in a good place, but in the in when you're in the middle of frustration. Imagine if when you're in deep frustration and you displayed patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and that one that we don't like saying at the end, self-control. Church, let's just understand that we are the beloved. Beloved is, it's your permission to begin a fresh exploration of the culture of heaven. And the culture of heaven is the love of God. The culture of heaven is the identity of a God and we have discovered today that God is love. You're part of an eternal family. your brothers and sisters through His blood. I just want to see a church strengthen in its unity. And as we begin to embrace the heavenly culture, And our heavenly Father. I see us walking in a new measure of his love. For his glory. Let's pray. Father we thank you that. We are your beloved. We're humbled too Lord by our. epic failures in representing you well and also humbled that you still call us your beloved. So today, Father, we receive your grace afresh. We receive your forgiveness afresh. We receive your love afresh this morning. We freely receive it, Lord, and we ask that as we receive that you would help us, that you would open our eyes, that we may freely give of your love first to one another, and then to the rest of the world. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the mighty name of your son Jesus. And the church said together. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching. That you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages. You can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times. Please check out our website at noosa.church.